You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, where we invite an expert each week to hear about their incredible journey and career paths. On our first show of the year, we'll be hearing from the Rizvi sisters. We're speaking to Rikshinder Rizvi. Hi, salam. For Kinder Rizvi. Hello. And Amila Khan. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, guys. Encompassing the Dumore philosophy in healthcare management and philanthropy, these three sisters have got your back, neck, and shoulders too. This week's show is brought to you by Hijab Soup. As usual, I'm Fatima Al Sayed, your You Mentor talk show host. Feel free to tune in to the talk show every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the comments section. Salam, guys. How are you? Well, it's a salam. We're wonderful. We're great. Thank you for having us. Of course, it's great to have all three of you today. Thank you. So, uh, let's start off by each of you telling us a bit about your career backgrounds, what you studied in school. Uh, we can start with Rikshenda. Sure. Um, I have my bachelor's in science from NYU. So I was on a career path uh, to go into med school. Um, as you know, we're all kind of conditioned as children to go to, down that route. Um, <laughs> so that was where I kind of, um, the mindset was in medicine. And, um, hi, Sunda. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I uh, went to graduate from Stony Brook with a degree in English and marketing. Mm -hmm. And my natural gift for gab and uh, chatting people up uh, seemed a natural path to go down that route. And you were an English teacher at one point, correct? Yes, uh, and I think uh, ten of my students were taller than me. Uh, I learned a lot of life lessons in that classroom, which I still apply today. And Amila? Um, so I went to the University of Albany, and I have a BA in communication, mm -hmm. and I actually wanted to go into business, business management. So um, finding a, 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 having a role at Manhattan Photo Health, our previous employer, mm -hmm. uh, being a managing uh, director there, um, kind of felt something that I wanted to do um, with with my degree. Now, all of you, all three of you guys, came up with this idea to start your own physiotherapy clinic, correct? That's correct. What started this? What prompted it? Well, uh, funnily enough, one summer while in college, I was working at a physical uh, therapy rehab office on Long Island, and uh, I was working for their telemarketing center, and we were doing very well. I think the person who was hired before me maybe didn't take the job as seriously. So mm -hmm. working there, the numbers were great, and the, um, the owner of the company went to a seminar and talked about how what a, a, a real hot shot he had hired and the numbers were going through the roof. And I think, honestly, to be quite honest, maybe the other person wasn't working as hard as what it was. Mm. I, I didn't reinvent the wheel. I was actually doing my job. And so he went to this seminar, and I think to also gas himself up and say how great he is. He talked about this young girl he had hired, mm. not realizing that someone in the audience there um, owned a clinic in Manhattan, and his ears perked up. And he, uh, I don't know how he got my number, but was able to reach out to me directly and took me out to lunch and said, 
look, I'd love to give you a chance. Is that the small little uh, kingdom you've got put on Long Island? Why don't you come out to Manhattan in the concrete jungle and you can have an opportunity to truly shop? And I told him, I'm, I'm still have my studies. He said, the way you are here. Um, when I landed in Manhattan, it was a completely different ballgame. Exciting. Uh, I, when I found, when I took that job there, told my sisters about it. And my boss was extremely happy to hire someone cut in the same cloth. That type of energy, um, that dedication. type of dedication, ambition, and follow through, uh, which surprisingly, maybe most people don't have. And when, uh, as an employer myself now, when you come across that, you want to harness that and hold on to that because that can take your company to a whole other place, that type of uh, talent. And that's what happened. Yes. Yeah. So one guy talking himself up in Texas about his little <laughs> office in Long Island uh, changed the whole path of all of our lives. So all three of you um, started working at that uh, office. Yes. Yeah, we were at that facility. Uh, we, were all, we were all in college, so Anila would come down uh, in between breaks and work there filing. Um, I started off as, you know, a filing clerk while, you know, in between classes also. Mm -hmm. And um, what we did, as, but when I filed, I listened and I watched and I observed and, you know, uh, that kind of perseverance and that dedication. And I didn't just I didn't just do my job. I made sure I helped any other department that needed my help because mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of, because I was going into medicine also, I wanted to kind of expose myself to the back end, the administrative part of medicine, which most, most physicians don't kind of have a good uh, handle on uh, to begin with. So I kind of wanted to kind of absorb that before I headed off into um, the medical uh, field. And mm -hmm. uh, because of that dedication, we were, each of us were indiv individually noticed because we went above and beyond. We treated we it like it was our company. Right. And um, at times we even chastised yeah. for doing so. For caring too much. And being reminded that don't forget, this is not company, this is my company. And that kind of small thinking, I think, hurt in the long run. Mm. So there wasn't that team player attitude. It was more, this. you're working for me, coming from yeah. the boss. Yeah. yeah. So what influenced... Um, the decision to break out of that and start your own company? So we had um, always kind of talked about it because we would uh, spend very late nights, you know, working. It would be 10 o'clock at night, you know, finishing up with, you know, entering patient information and all this. And uh, we would sit down and say, you know what, if we, if we had this, we would do it this we would way. Run it, uh, differently. <laughs> right. And, and, we, we, and we, we would be fair. We would be mm -hmm. fair to people because he wasn't very fair um, to uh, his employees, sorry, because he, uh, so we would always say if we, if we were to do this, we would be fair. We would share, you know, uh, um, share what we can, information, uh, make sure people had a bonus structure, all that, different things like that, but it was all just talk, and we would just kind of, it was our commuting conversation, because we lived in Long Island. It was our uh, barbecue conversation. Right. It was, uh, we, we would talk about work all the time, uh, on off time and on uh, at work, mm -hmm. and uh, and then uh, as I mentioned, uh, we uh, to the other day uh, I was fired, unfortunately, which happens to many people, and it's something that can really 
um, destroyed someone's life because I had two young children. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, my husband and I, we were a two income household and to suddenly have like that rug pulled out from underneath you um, was uh, difficult. And instead of wallowing or letting that kind of envelop me, my sisters and I, my sisters came over literally uh, with a notebook. My sisters came over with a notebook and a, and, a, and a computer and said, that's it, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And uh, the unique situation is that our skills lie in three distinct compartments of the business. So they're the three alone, key factors of what you need to build a business. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I alone mm -hmm. could never do this myself. Bhutrinda uh, may have been able to do this herself, or anyone may have But I know that working, it was almost like the Avengers, uh, we were on the superhero team, and our specific skill sets. And we knew it inside and out. Uh, and the, one of the biggest mistakes that uh, our previous employer did was not recognizing um, what this was. That once his three key people were out, mm -hmm. then he would now have regular employees. He, he didn't know the value. Yeah, he didn't yeah, know the value yeah. of what he had. Mm -hmm. Right. He assumed that every employee would treat it the way we did. And he has learned, unfortunately, in that time that other people just, it's five o'clock quitting time and they're done. Mm -hmm. So after you guys came together and sat there trying to build this, or just come up with the basis and idea for this uh, new office that you wanted to open up, what was going through your minds? Were you all stressed out or was there a drive? We were definitely struck. Some <laughs> of us were expecting children. We were also, yeah, Anila um, and Perkunda were both pregnant, very pregnant. Uh, <laughs> when we first started the conversation, they had just found out they were pregnant. And throughout the journey of this, it was almost like giving birth to a child, literally, because <laughs> the day we opened the office, uh, when we finally hung up the last picture, I think uh, Anila had delivered. Anila, uh, Fabinda delivered. Right. Uh, my son was born a day before the office actually opened. So interestingly oh, wow. enough, as my son gets older and he's gone through infancy to toddler to now preteen, so has the company gone through stages as well. And as we celebrate a birthday of my child, we also celebrate the anniversary of the business and the ebbs and flows and the communication issues or growth, growing pains we've had going on at the same time. It's interesting how it mirrors what's going on in my own home. That's so cool. It's like you're literally watching both parts of your life grow at the same time. Yeah. So what was, uh, was there a certain incident um, that happened with your previous boss, uh, Rishinda, that got uh, you know, uh, yeah, he was just, he's just, a, uh, it's, and I think many of your listeners probably encounter this. Um, mm -hmm. He was a dinosaur and he still is a dinosaur <laughs> and he didn't have forward thinking. He didn't think big picture. Mm -hmm. It was just very close minded uh, and really um, he thought of himself first. So anytime he, if you questioned anything, he considered it a challenge mm -hmm. and being a woman of color, um, I think that in the particular, because we were women of color, it was just like, just sit, you know, like settle down. Like I got this mm -hmm. sweetie was the kind of like the attitude. And mm -hmm. so I think that my perhaps uh, being vocal uh, rubbed him the wrong way. 
And eventually, I think he thought that I was um, somewhat of a menace uh, and didn't see the value in the questions I was asking and decided, you know what, I can hire someone half to, for half the salary who will ask me less questions and I can proceed. And, you know, ultimately, that's someone he can control. Mm -hmm. Correct. So was there a conscious decision to um, include certain aspects within your own business that would prevent that from happening? Yes, uh, we, um, in particular, from the very beginning, from the genesis of this, it was because it came from our collaboration, it was mm -hmm. always whoever we brought into the fold understood what our vision was. We made everyone a part of the conversation. Um, we explained the steps, uh, what, what it, what, how much of a dedication we requ required, and what the payoff would be for that dedication mm -hmm. as well. So, um, and we honestly have employees. We our company is 12 years. Uh, we have we have um, employees who have been with us since day one. Since day one, um, you know, who are looking to retire with us. Right. So I think that speaks for itself of how we run our our, our business. In many ways, uh, the lessons that we learned and the inadequacies that we felt um, at our previous place of employment helped us develop what we wanted is it almost became whatever happened there we didn't want to repeat here so it became almost like a mirror image yes we might perform the same services we might be in the same industry but there was a clear difference in, in culture uh as soon as you walk in the door there's a, there's a difference that's felt if you talk to the employees there's a difference that's felt and it was done uh, painstakingly on purpose uh, you know, we even lighting choices. Because uh, it's true, um, one of our offices is actually two physical therapists um, within the building. Um, so we do have the competition right in our own, you know, very own building, but you know, people, we do, choose. people choose to come to us. Mm -hmm. So let's get into- I, mean, I, mean, I, I yeah. don't know if we have events where we had a picnic in Central Park with the team. We um, rented a suite at uh, Barclays and took the rehab team out. We made 848 sandwiches for hungry families in New York as a company together. Mm -hmm. uh, these are types of endeavors that you wouldn't typically find in a medical practice. Uh, but it's team building, it's giving back. Uh, these types of things are invaluable. And it's coming together as a family. I think you guys bring in your family di um, dynamic into your business. Yeah, 100%. That's um, uh, uh, something that kind of everyone jokes around about uh, in our uh, <laughs> company is that everyone's the uh, honorary RISB. Honorary RISB. So we, and, and it's not just the three of us. We also have two cousins, um, Iram and Farwa, who actually started, who started with us when they were like 19, 18, 19 years old. And they were hanging up wallpapers. <laughs> yes. And, you know, they were in college and they kind of worked part-time jobs with us and, you know, would do reception work, answering calls, and then slowly said, you know what, guys, we want to be a part of this. How we're honored. They yeah. chose their careers yeah. to be with us. Right. And they believed in us and they saw the growth potential. And um, we are, you know, eternally grateful that uh, the, the, as they are maturing and advancing in their careers, it's at the behest of the company. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's get a bit into the field itself. Um, I think listeners would like to hear about what the job opportunities are within this field and what are the difficulties that you may uh, hit along the way? 
Well, the job opportunities in this field, well, um, so we do physical medicine and rehab, um, mm -hmm. and so that's the, the front end of our business. And so we have physiatrists, which is a field in medicine that not very many people kind of have an awareness of. So if any young listeners listening, physiatry is um, uh, a specialty that you do, uh, you choose after residency in, uh, that deals with physical medicine rehab and you work closely with helping people um, deal with rehab, rehab related issues. Uh, it's a great field, um, it's growing, um, there's great opportunities there. Uh, we also have physical therapy is a, a profession that is in tremendous demand. Yes. Uh, physical therapists are, are highly coveted. Uh, they're hard to find even. We, we're constantly recruiting. So that's a very, it's a growing field. There is actually an international uh, recruitment going on at the moment, you know, for physical therapists because there's just not enough physical therapists here in the States. Mm -hmm. um, there's also a physical therapy assistance. So the physical therapists um, uh, have assistance as well, and that's also another big field. We have chiropractors, and a lot of people don't, I don't know if the uh, Emoja uh, community or um, many people are kind of uh, weary of chiropractic care, but it's something that we, we honestly believe that everyone should educate themselves about because it can help tremendously with postural issues. Mm -hmm. um, we also deal with acupuncture, which is, um, I mean, incredible um, uh, ancient tra uh, tradition and massage therapy. Now we don't do massage therapy like a spa-like environment. Our massage therapy is a sports massage and medical massage, and really about retraining the muscles. Uh, so all these kind of professions are great professions to go into. And so that's obviously the, the front end of the business. And then the back end of the business, the administrative side, is mm -hmm. people going into healthcare management, which you know some parents are like, oh, what is that about? But that's actually it's a, it's a smart decision to make because medicine as a whole requires someone with a business like mind to run it uh, efficiently. And um, more physicians today are actually taking a lot more business classes, but medicine and business doesn't necessarily go hand in hand. You don't want your physician to be the business uh, um, practicer. You want the physician to have a partner that handles the business the business end, because healing should be separate from the business. So that's where that back end and front end uh, kind of go. And it allows the healer. It allows the healer to heal, right, uh, and not get tied up in the business aspect. Right. Uh, and then with that, so we have office manager positions, patient yeah. coordinator positions of uh, the company as well, uh, and then we have our insurance insurance collector, um, the uh, accounts receivable portion of it, where there is a director in that, uh, in that uh, field, in that yeah. department, as well as, uh, uh, then we have collectors in there as well who go through our accounts and then they have their assistants on there. And then there's marketing, uh, marketing, which is my baby, uh, in the mix, I feel is the, the backbone of the company. Yeah. Because I think many medical practices don't realize if you don't feed the practice, how will it grow? Uh, and with marketing, we have corporate marketing, uh, traditional, uh, we have marketing director, and we also have uh, um, outdoor community representative marketing as well. So and then doctor, doctor Farakanda, can you give us a bit of a day in your life, what it looks like to do your job as a marketing officer? Well, I have uh, my marketing director, uh, Iram, uh, mm -hmm. who I don't know what I would do without, uh, <laughs> but 
perfect for an example today. We had a meeting on Monday, Leo and I, with the whole team. We were talking about certain offices were running low. The visits were not uh, the visits were not meeting their goals. And we thought, what we could do? And an idea came out. We could have marketing Monday. I myself was currently having a bout with a severe cold and struggling, and I realized, wouldn't it be great if we could give a rescue package to patients who came in on Monday to Maxwell Monday? I kept their appointment. They would receive a little gift bag that would include antibacterial wipes, emergency uh, packets, uh, Kleenex, and on it would be little notes uh, and, um, and also a tangerine and orange in the bag. And uh, on the tissue box, it would say, uh, coming to Maxwell doesn't have to blow, and you can blow your nose with breath. <laughs> and the uh, orange would have, orange you glad you came into the office. Mm. And uh, you've got the antibacterial, and we also have essential oils as well to open up the sinuses. And essentially, coming to Maxwell Medical is essentially good for your health. So little cute little tags attached to each thing, and that would be a gift bag. So on Monday, offices that were struggling to maintain their numbers now we are encouraging patients that if you keep your visits and you, you make a commitment to your health, we have a little gift bag for you. And you'll and, make them feel uh, better physically and mentally because that really exactly. does pull up a person's mental And uh, our idea is that that type of goodwill that we create will not only have them keep their visits, but go back to their office. And in that gift bag is also attached a little referral card. So if they go back to the office and they can turn to their coworker next to them who might be complaining about neck or back pain, they can hand the referral card to them and say, you know what, Susie, I'm tired of you complaining. You should give Maxwell a call. <laughs> and so not only have we made the patient feel well, but we've also had an opportunity and an avenue to build the practice by having a new person come in as well. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the idea of, uh, you know, for your listeners, is thinking outside the box. Yeah. Because most uh, medical facilities or any, in any career, um, when you only think inside that box, you limit yourself. When you think outside the box and you're creative and you bring creativity and you collaborate and you ask and the more conversations you have with people around you, you realize what talents and skill sets people have that you can kind of add to your goal. And also creating a, uh, a unified vision is, is important because constantly we talk about um, at our company and I, and I do this with my kids and we do a vision board. What is it that, what are your goals? What are you looking, seeking for um, spiritually, um, emotionally, you know, uh, in life and creating their vision board and we, we do a great exercise with the staff um, a couple of times a year is how close, where are you with those visions that you're trying to do? Realistic mm-hmm. visions and sometimes there's some, of the, some of them are like outrageous visions. Where are you at? How do we get you there? And I think it's in that conversation when we have with people and sometimes it's like, oh, I want a Lamborghini or whatever. It's like outrageous. But somewhere at the heart of it, oh, so what you really want is a nice car, right? So why don't we, what can we do to help you get to that nice car? And in having that conversation, we find out so much about one another. We find out that, you know, you're really struggling and you want to help uh, save money for college for your kid. Or, you know, you're trying to buy a, a, you know, a, a home for your mother. Like all these, in that constant conversation, we find out a lot about one another as well. And in fact, that conversation we had with the team, we now are slated uh, this coming Monday to have a mindful meditation and how to reach your goals seminar, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's work-related or, or home-related. And um, when we unveiled that program to the team, they were so happy. And the smiles on their faces really showed that 
one, they felt like we were listening to them mm-hmm. and that we were acting on what we talked about yeah. as well. Um, Rikshinda, can you tell me a bit more about your role at Maxwell? Sure. Um, I deal, um, uh, along with um, my other partners, but I do deal a lot with the finances, with our accountant, uh, mm-hmm. as well as legal with our attorney, and also um, securing new leases and new spaces. So we're about to um, open our seventh location on the west side of Manhattan. We're very excited, uh, inshallah, in April 2019. Uh, so just kind of working out those details. So a typical day for me is, like, is you know, making sure financially we're sound and financially we can afford all these different visions that we're, you know, kind of uh, trying to put into place. Um, so that's my kind of typical or and Amila, you're the chief collections and receivables. What does that mean? Um, well, we, I work closely with the insurance department. We have our insurance um, director. So we have uh, meetings, daily meetings, along with Prakunda and Upshinda, of uh, the ever-changing insurance policies. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you're listening as well. Um, I hear a lot of physician friends recently complaining about, you know, how insurances are reimbursing um, their services. So we have, we run daily meetings about insurances. We um, go over, you know, verifications and um, our goals, our, our staff. Um, so that's a typical day of what, what I do. Is dealing with insurance companies the toughest part of your job? Yes, most <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I think my gray hair speaks for it. <laughs> And what's the best part? What makes you wake up and go to work every day? You know, I, I don't want to sound cheesy, but really, I think it's really important when you work and you do what, what if you're doing what you love, waking up in the morning is not difficult. Uh, this, um, starting this company with my sisters and our, our partners has allowed me to be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's not at work, at home, with my spouse, um, it's afforded me a wonderful life um, that I also have been able to open doors for other people, which is a very rewarding feeling. Um, and, you know, we have a very family-like feel. Yes, I work with my, alongside with my sisters um, and my cousins, but um, the 100 some odd employees that we have also feel like family now. Mm-hmm. So who doesn't like to go visit family? So that's what it feels like uh, when, you, when, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you have to go into the office. Yeah, I mean, for me, the most rewarding uh, aspect of it uh, is uh, when I have to f- sign off on someone's like uh, authorization, uh, employment authorization for a mortgage, or we hear somebody else is having another child, um, mm-hmm. or someone's going on vacation, because we know that, you know, our hard work and their hard work has allowed them to live a life and enjoy life, mm-hmm. not just kind of getting by. We actually have people... Um, improving their lives, which is um, amazing. And also being able to do the mindful meditation, the goal setting seminars to help people who are struggling, who don't know how to get out from under poverty or, you know, life circumstances. We don't just, here's your paycheck, go away. We're actually giving them the tools on how to make your life better. Um, Because no one really, you know, being a child of immigrants, you're not really given like a map or, or, or kind of like um, directions on how to live. You're just expected to do well. Uh, it, most immigrant parents tell their kids, 
just do well in school, but we're not really told how do you do well? Like, what is it? How do you apply? You know, how should I study? You don't, you don't have that roadmap to follow in your no, footsteps. No. You sort of have to pave and your own way. Absolutely. So because of that, because we kind of figured out things on our own and with that entrepreneurial spirit, we make sure that we share as much as we can. We don't keep it a secret. Nothing's a secret. There's a phrase, you know, um, we, for, we were not meant to have a seat at the table, right? And we do now. We, you know, we, we made the table, the table is here, but we made the table big enough so that there are many seats available for different types of people to join us as we grow. What advice do you have for our listeners today? I really believe uh, teamwork. Take a look. It's not just you. It's not just your struggle. It's not just the work that you're doing. Sometimes I struggle with this as well. You can ask my sisters. Is uh, looking around the room and saying, well, how else can you help me? How, how can we together get to where we need to go? I think teamwork really makes a dream work. <laughs> Uh, I, my, uh, my thing, my takeaway that I use at work and I use at home is uh, having that clear vision, knowing what your goals are. Um, the second thing is always know what you're worth in life. Um, uh, always. So never let someone undersell you. And the third thing is to think outside the box. Don't just accept, uh, don't accept something that's given to you. Ask questions. Always ask questions because you'll learn a lot from that. And following your dreams. I think that, you know, um, this um, uh, Maxwell Medical started, uh, sparked from a conversation that we had at, um, at a barbecue at Richard's house. Um, so I think that to see it come to fruition and be successful um, is one of the greatest joys of, of our, our lives. So I think following your dreams and making your dreams a reality. And no, also, if I can add, it's hard work. Yeah. Every single day, it's hard work. It's not easy. Uh, we have to make choices as moms. We have to make choices as spouses. We have to make choices as business owners. Every single day to prioritize our time and our efforts. Um, but it's worth it. And um, our, our old boss used to tell us, don't ever forget, it's not your company. And we told our employees, thank you so much for treating it as if this was your company. Mm-hmm. Thank you all so much for sharing this inspiring journey. You guys are truly a powerhouse. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Of course. You were all just listening to the UMentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under prior talk shows. And while you're there, why not subscribe to our iTunes podcast so you never miss another show. If you want to reach out to today's speakers or speakers from any of our previous shows to ask them any questions you may have, visit our online platform at umojaoutreach.org slash unleashthefuture slash groups. Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. for another panel of speakers and more stories. Thank you for listening to our panel today on Facebook Live.